Hi everyone. Today, me and Tete are back with the Golden Age comparison series, and this is the third episode. So, if you have been following us, we've been doing a series within the podcast, the Nuts and Bolts of Writing, where we talk about Golden Age Superman and we talk about why his movies fall short of the mark compared to Batman and what Tete thinks about all of this. Yes, yes. Thank you again. This has been a very thrilling series um, to explore with him, um, and you know, just sort of realize just how, I guess, for lack of a better word, it may be a controversial word to use, but besides being lobotomized, he's sort of been bastardized too because he is so far from what he was originally that you know, can you ever reclaim that kind of? core quality about him that he was meant to be and mm -hmm. you know I, I think just to put it out there I feel like I feel like he is sort of a, a a bit of a product of his time if you wanted to modernize him he would he would be doing things so differently I don't think he would be out there doing OP stuff I honestly think if let's just say if Clark Kent was alive today I think he would be not he would focus more on investigative reporting but he might also be a hacktivist as well i agree he would be one of those ethical hackers right yes he would be an ethical hacker um he he would he would definitely be at protests maybe even possibly the occasional throwing of a molotov cocktail you know mm -hmm, absolutely that makes a lot of sense. So yes, if you guys want to see more episodes of this mini-series, please use the link in the description. I have included links also to me and Tete's review of the Batman 2022 movie, as well as my own reaction slash review video, which is over 50 minutes long of me reacting to the Batman as I watch it. So yes, back to this podcast episode. We are going to be talking about Batman's villains today and comparing them to the Golden Age Superman's villains. Because in the last episode of this miniseries, we talked about how Golden Age Superman is actually a lot like Batman, especially the Batman from the Batman 2022 movie. Exactly. So one of the most refreshing qualities about the Batman 22 is the fact that right here, you know, we see, how do I say, we see a, a wonderful approach of hyper-realism. And through this approach of hyper-realism, we're no longer seeing outlandish rogues, you know, from a rogues gallery. We're no longer seeing these cartoony characters. Um, but instead, very natural, realistic people who could very well be criminal figures or you know, people who have been disenfranchised on the fringe of society doing criminal acts. Um, and well, also too, just, just, just almost like based on real crime. Like for example, the penguin felt like a real life mafizio. Um, and then at the same time too, you have the Riddler. The Riddler is pretty much inspired by, you know, real life serial killers like um, 
the Zodiac killer, only he's more politically motivated. He's a bit like a, he's like a combination of um, the Zodiac killer and the Unabomber in a way. Mm-hmm, he is. I totally agree. Yeah, he, he definitely gives those vibes. And, um, and in some ways, his antisocial tendencies do feel like, you know, Ted Kaczynski in a way, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, but so, so the villains in, in, in this depiction are wonderfully realistic. These are villains that they're not so much villains, but rather they are criminal figures doing things because of a social structure. They were in it or they felt drawn to it because of frustrations with society. So compare this with say the original villains or opponents of golden age Superman. What is golden age Superman originally fighting? He is fighting mob bosses. He is fighting corrupt owners of different factories, establishments, institutes who are having their workers in deplorable conditions, unsafe conditions, unfair pay, re retaliative um, behavior, um, um, as well as taking, taking, trying to take down politicians who are corrupt, controlling things, trying to control the press, trying to um, graft money from things that would ensure public safety, like public transportation, bridges, infrastructure, um, he's taking down politicians who are trying to um, implement policies that would be very harmful for the working class, but would only benefit the rich elite. Mm -hmm. um, he's also trying to take down um, corrupt police. He's also trying to take down um, things like even things, even things as as progressive, if you will, like modern prison conditions, like to improve prison conditions and and how 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 prisoners are treated. Um, he's also trying to take down fifth columnists. He's also trying to take down, you know, um, covert fascists um, and also um, political terrorists as well. So these are all the people that um, he's fighting. He is not fighting aliens. He is not fighting, um, you know, whatever have you, um, outlandish you know, outlandish villains that just have this kind of gimmick or theme or something. Um, but he is fighting um, too, too hard to home at times. I mean, a lot of times you could look at a politician or a corrupt factory owner and that would feel very local and at home. And, and that that's whom he's fighting. And so it's very, it's very, it's, it's just natural. It's realistic that that's, that's the real, that's the real evil of the world, if you will. And um, this is very similar to the approach that we saw in Batman 2022. Batman is fighting against mob bosses. Um, he's fighting against a corrupt police force, but he's also fighting against a homegrown terrorist fueled by a very warped sense of social justice, which it, it's, it's just warped because you're involving innocent people in it and you're causing harm rather than trying to go through a legal venue, which I understand a lot of people are frustrated because sometimes a legal venue doesn't always implement the change or justice that should be. But it's, it's the only way to keep a society in order and keep people safe above all, 
which is, you know, which is the main intent. Um, but, but, but so yes. So with the, with the villains of golden age, they're not outlandish villains. Um, a lot of them are surprisingly, you know, hit to home. Um, and I will have to say, so one of my favorites is though, he's a reoccurring villain. I want to say adversary because villain makes him sound a little too cartoony. I do enjoy Lex Luthor. Now I know in silver age, bronze age and everything else, he's kind of been downplayed as sort of a cackling capitalist. Who's very ruthless and he has his own corporation and he's basically like a very cartoony version of a Jeff Bezos type. Um, who's just like trying to use all his money to make technology and, and modifications so he can be just like Superman or something that I feel is, is kind of the, you, you kind of miss the market times with that. I think originally what Lex Luthor was, he first started out as sort of a one-off villain. They were thinking, oh, just something weird and pulpy, they thought. Um, yeah, what if there's a weird guy? Um, he he has a lot of resources and he he wants to be like this, all you know, ultimate human. You know, it's sort of a, sort of a Nietzschean concept of an ubermensch. And, you know, how does a man like that react when he sees something like Superman, which is kind of the kind of a kind of a better embodiment of an ubermensch because he doesn't believe in the concept itself um so yeah lex luther originally started off as sort of a shadowy enigmatic figure born out of pulp um who had a lot of resources like blimps and, and henchmen and stuff like that but his ultimate goal was to really ascend himself into being um you know the overman you know the the ubermensch and um just you know kind of reach this Nietzschean ideal of of perfection and power and be able to use that um to dominate other people because he felt they were below him and so he he's he's very dangerous in the fact he's also very dangerous in his hubris but he's also very dangerous in his determination to really go after superman and even superman finds that a little alarming that he's so doggedly determined and He's willing to go at any lengths. He's willing to experiment on himself. He's willing to try to find artifacts that could help. Remember, this is Pulp Fiction. You are going to get those elements of, oh, this rare artifact has a power. Um, but but there, it's an interesting thing because it's a bit like, it, it's, it goes a bit like this. Superman does have these powers. He doesn't necessarily embrace them all the time but he uses them in time of emergency a lot of times though he would just much prefer to be clark doing things on the ground doing it through a legal venue um meanwhile on the flip side of the coin you have lex luther who just wants to you know ascend into being this kind of godlike being and and dominate others because he believes so much in his own achieved superiority like he thinks he is the, the the smartest the best you know the you know basically a one-eyed man in a kingdom of the blind um so he is the antithema antithesis um you know to clark slash superman and i think a lot of people tend to miss out on this some some writers do it very well um but you miss out a lot of it in silver age um but then also too i thought it was interesting the approach of lex luther's character 
very quickly, just a quick debrief, um, in Snyderverse, where it's not so much he wants to be a superhuman being, but he wants to deconstruct the idea of heroes and gods because he sees, you know, Batman as this, you know, kind of moralistic hero who's failing at, at the morals because Batman has devolved into something dark. But he also very much hates the concept of Superman because he seems like a godlike, pretty much a god. And he wants to destroy this both, you know, to kind of show the world that there is no such thing as being overly powerful or overly good. You can't have one or the, you, you can't have both, you know, you're either going to be powerful and evil or you're going to be good and powerless. So interesting take on, on Luther's character. Thank you, Zack Snyder for that. That was interesting. Um, but I, I do, um, I do, I do kind of like the, um, the, the kind of pulpish fiction madness of original Lex Luthor. And we don't even know what he's doing or where he's going. Like, I mean, he doesn't have a corporation. He doesn't even have a permanent address. He just randomly appears and causes chaos. And he he's also developing superpowers, which kind of freaks out Superman. Like, okay, didn't expect that to happen. And, and then he finds out it's because he's doing a lot of science things where he found a rare artifact and all sorts of madness ensues. So um, Lex Luthor, very richly complicated. I don't like it when he's reduced to a cackling capitalist. Um, I'd much rather have Pulp Fiction madness or, you know, Snyder's take on it. Um, and and that kind of led in a little leeway for, for me to go with um, another take on Lex Luthor, which we'll explore in the next episode. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited about that one. So yes, I think that's basically it for um, Batman versus Golden Man, Golden Age Superman villains. I think the the recap is basically that both um, Batman, at least Batman 2022, and Golden Age Superman villains are kind of down to earth, very realistic, and you know they are actually kind of gray. They aren't just like oh th this big bad we have to fight like you know for example General Grodd. Exactly. Also, I mean, well, like, for example, I mean, I'm thinking about Batman 2022. Someone like, you know, Carmine Falcone. Honestly, that sounds like a lot of people Superman took down. Mm -hmm, it like does. Mob bosses he took down. Mm -hmm. like, the, like the Sarto gang and stuff. I mean, that honestly sounds a lot like the stuff he took down and people he interacted with. He, and like I said, Superman probably met a lot of Carmine Falcones in his life. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Carmine and also the Penguin, when you think about it, they weren't actually that bad. I mean, they were, of course, very flawed people, but when you compare them to the Riddler, they're nothing. They're not. You know, if you think about it, they aren't, they really aren't that bad. I mean, honestly, um, until, no spoilers for this, but until the very end, I didn't. I didn't feel too much. Um. I didn't feel. I didn't feel a lot of hate for uh, Carmine because Carmine actually sort of seemed like a sympathetic guy. Like, yeah, he's in the mob and he's doing bad stuff, but he's not going to really hurt people intently. And he almost seems like he wants to help people out. Like, for example, he wanted to help um, Bruce's dad out through a favor because he helped mm -hmm. uh, save his life. I mean, he's definitely a flawed person, but I mean, he's not demented, like seriously demented like the Riddler. The Riddler definitely. is seriously psychopathic. The Riddler's terrifying. <laughs> keep, him, keep him in Arkham Asylum. Do not let him out, you know? He's right next to the Joker, as we saw in the end. 
Exactly. They're sharing, they're, they're basically cell buddies. That's why they're talking to each other and laughing like cackling hyenas. Exactly. So that's the kind of villain the Riddler is. He's actually just turning all the other villains into pawns. I mean, the penguin, I think they were trying to distract us in the movie. Oh, the penguin is the person, you know, who's related to this big bad or Hermine. But it turns out that, you know, they're the ones being played. They're the pawns on, you know, um, the Riddler's 4D chessboard. They are, they are. And, and they were the ones that, and like pawns, some of them were taken down. Mm -hmm. in, uh, uh, exactly. Because you usually kind of think that someone like the Riddler, who is more cartoony in his original incarnation, would be a smaller villain. But here he's the more realistic one. And he's also more demented and also more psychopathic. And more yeah. dangerous. More dangerous. He On is a larger scale, he wants to hurt the whole city to prove a point. But Carmine and Penguin, they don't care about that. They just do, you know, their own small deals. They don't want to destroy the whole city. No, they don't. I mean, if anything, they kind of want to preserve it a little bit because it's a bit like, um, I'm trying to think of this one time I heard this quote. They said, well, I live here too, you know. Exactly. So yeah, this was a great overview of these villains. And, you know, this is also a great segue to our next um, and final for this night anyways episode, which is the one about your series that you're developing. You're creating a series about Superman. And, you know, we're going to review what this is and what this entails in the next episode. Yes. Yes, we are. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks.